Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavors, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 66. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Shiny Joe Ryan. The singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist from Perth is releasing his new record today, entitled Shiny's Democracy. In today's episode, we're talking about how the new record came about, the music scene in Perth, and his love of Pink Floyd. Here we go. Our guest today is a singer-songwriter in his own right and one of the founding members of famous Perth psych rock band Pond. After a seven-year wait, he's releasing his second solo record entitled Chinese Democracy, which is out today. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Shiny Joe Ryan. Hello. Hello. How you going, Simon? I'm good, thank you. How are you today? Great, thank you. All as well. That's good. That's good to hear. Uh, congratulations. Your second record, uh, Chinese Democracy, is out today. Congratu- yeah, congratulations. Thank you very much. I've actually got my copy here, would you believe? All ready to go. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I'm a happy boy. I'm a happy boy. Thank you. <laughs> What's it like? Actually, very quickly, <clears throat> excuse me, it took me, uh, I've been speaking with, um, your lovely publicist for a few weeks now and we've been organizing the the interview and it was literally only this morning that I realized the almost like a the pun or like the name of the record <laughs> Chinese democracy and the relation to the guns and roses obviously Chinese democracy yeah I feel very silly but yeah <laughs> Um, I'm glad you picked it up uh, it's uh it's only it's mainly due to the fact that it took so long to come out, you know, um, my album that is, and also Chinese Democracy. Um, it's been a few years since the last one and um, my mate Jay Watson was like, you have to finish this record. You can't let it get more than um, Guns N' Roses. So we, uh, that's why it's uh, finally done because he was just like, you got to do it. And I'm like, all right. Because what was it? The first, the first record was 2014? Yep, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, I still had a few more years up my sleeve, but um, before I started getting into <laughs> Guns N' Roses territory. But um, when we started recording this record um, early, to, uh, late, sorry, 2019, uh, we had a huge um, year booked because Tame and Parlor just released. Um, uh, what's okay, this is embarrassing now because I wrote it for him. What was the last record Tame released? Uh, um, uh, the Slow Rush. The Slow Rush. Yep. Sorry, Kevin, mate. 
Um, he, uh, <laughs> so um, they just released that. So it was going to be a huge year of touring for Tame and, and Pond. So I was kind of like put the put my foot on the accelerator and try to get it done, you know. Did you find, obviously, uh, as most people would know, that that last year didn't um, occur for anyone? Obviously, 2020 was a bit of a write-off. Did you find that it helped in, were you trying to, as, like, push to get the record finished, as you said, or was it that you found yourself a little bit more creative freedom with a bit more time up your sleeve? Well, I guess, um, so, yeah, when we went in, like, November of 2019, it, we um, recorded all the instrumentation, um, with the full band, all seven of us or eight of us live. And, um, the idea then was over the course of the year, whenever I got back to Perth, I would have time to, you know, do a vocal track or do stuff just by a home studio. Um, so I got just like a room set up. I can do all kinds of overdubs and whatnot. Um, but then, yeah, obviously it was in a, weird i feel weird saying it but in a weird way it was actually quite helpful to be able stuck at home basically um we've actually got off pretty light over here in wa um we've uh i guess with the hard borders and everything we've actually had it fairly reasonable you know compared to the rest of australia and the world so um i I try to use it as best as i could because um that's not going to happen ever again and you know if i'm if I'm able to go out and do stuff and people are stuck at home, I feel like I owe it to myself and to everyone to just go and try and, you know, do something good. That's very fair. I can, uh, I can appreciate that. The, the, the record does, it kind of covers a lot of ground while still staying within that um, shiny Joe Ryan wheelhouse. Like I feel like there's like seventies singer songwriter kind of vibes on some tracks. And uh, there are some tracks that do have, the influence of, as you mentioned, like your tame, uh, pond, things like that. What inspired you? I know you said you went back into the studio, but what inspired you to, to get back into making songs and, and making the record? Um, I guess just over the course of a couple of years, you, I guess I just built up quite a few songs and, you know, sometimes you like, they can just keep being forgotten or whatever. Um, I'm just talking about my own brain here. Um, so it just kind of felt like I'd bit, built up enough songs that it was time to kind of record them so I could start again, you know? Yeah. Um, when, like, the song tank gets a bit full, you know, get rid of it and start again. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was, I guess, the reason, really. Yeah. When do you do sit down to, to write? Because... Um people might've picked up on it by now. You are also a member of Pond and, and you do um, help out with, with Tame Impala on the road, as you mentioned. When you're sitting down to write or when you are writing, what different uh, what differences or how do you balance what's a Shiny Joe Ryan song and what's a Pond song? Yeah, it's um, it often feels kind of like um, it, it just sort of happens naturally. You kind of feel this is a shiny song or this could be used for a Pond song. But oddly enough, I totally forgot about this until you mentioned it. Um, there was like one song that I'd written for the shiny record and um, I remember recording it. I had Jay Watson and James Ireland from Pond come and play instruments live. And as I was, like, showing them the demo and that we're about to learn it and track it, um, Jay was actually like, 
oh, I don't know, maybe that's a Pond song and just totally uh, <laughs> plucked it out of the Shiny Joe um, basket, which is the fir- a first because usually he's like, mm, I think that one's a, a Shiny Joe song, you know, and just like, <laughs> um, I don't know, it feels, uh, it, they, it kind of works itself out. Um, for this new Pond album, we actually went into the studio and just recorded a bunch of live jams and uh, just sort of really no, no direction kind of like freeform stuff and then went back into the tapes afterwards and grabbed like 10, 15 seconds of a cool part and like another five seconds of another part and just sort of built these songs out of all these sort of weird jams. So the new Pond record kind of uh, is kind of bombastic and, and out there, I mean, from the singles you might have heard already, um, it's very different to some other ones. So it kind of felt like this time at least there was no real chance of having to deliberate. Is this going to be a Pond song or a Shiny Joe song? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. As long as they're not plucking all your songs or else it's, a, it's almost like an EP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the lead single, Ketamine, is a great, uh, it is like a great kind of homage to, as I mentioned, like 70s uh, singer-songwriters. And I was, uh, in doing some research, heard that it originally was like ketamine, the title, and the chorus was like a placeholder just for the time being and then was just too good to to replace. Mm. I mean, certainly that was all I had sort of written of the song. And I actually started writing that song Back when I was recording the first album in 2014, um, we'd all been out on the town in Berlin. I was living in Berlin at the time. And, you know, when you go out on the town in Berlin, it's usually like a three-day affair. So I remember going back and just sort of collapsing from exhaustion on my mate's floor. And we all just started singing these harmonies and, uh, and all singing ketamine in the harmonies. And it was just like, this is very therapeutic. And also brilliant. <laughs> so um, I had that for so long and then just finally had to write some um, verses, you know, and then Bob's your mother's brother, Harry's your aunt. Yeah. And you've got the song. Yeah. It's, um, how, how often do you find that placeholders kind of are, I guess, too good to replace or that things that originally started as a joke kind of make their way into the, the finished product. I find it happens quite a lot. Uh, I don't know if it's just because your first idea kind of just feels because it's the first idea, you know, it's just sort of cemented in there and it kind of feels natural. And then like, I don't know, you kind of find it hard to change afterwards. It might be something to do with that, but often enough, I feel your first idea has a lot of merit. Um, and while it doesn't always work out, it's good to, um, you know, sort of have until you find something better, really. But I mean, I don't know. You can don't be afraid of change either. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a good thing with the pond. Actually, that everyone's so um, involved in the songwriting, and also like um, now that this is our album nine. You know, I think after album like three, we realised um, there's no place for ego in the band and whatever. So if you have a song and you're going to bring it to the pond. You have to be willing to let go of, um, you know, if you if you wanted to be like, no, it has to be like this, and you know, it has to be this and this lyrics. 
then that's kind of for your solo project, you know, really. Yeah, it appears from the outside that it is quite a, um, like a collective, quite a family affair when when everyone kind of works together, whether it be Pond, Shiny, Shiny Joe, Tame Impala. Um, I think Jay and James that you mentioned before, they master, I'm going to get this in the wrong order, I bet. They mastered, no, they mixed, no, I'm going to go back. They mastered the record and Kevin mixed the record. I did that uh, wrong, didn't I? You did, but that was very close. I liked it. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they mixed it this time and uh, Kev mastered it. And, um, man, they did such a good job on mixing. Like I was sort of sitting there over their shoulder watching them and they have such a wonderful, like they work together doing a lot of remixes and stuff um, as Ginoli and Gum. Um, and just watching them work is great because, you know, Jay will be doing something and Jin's like, why don't you do this and that? And he's like, just gets up and goes, well, you do it. And then he goes, all right. And then we'll just sit down and take <laughs> over, you know. They're kind of almost one entity or one's the left hand and one's the right hand, you know. What is it, like an amorphous kind of ever-evolving? <laughs> Some kind of gelatinous blob of <laughs> human consciousness. Uh, no, they're, they're wonderful. They're wonderful guys and um, it was a lot of fun watching them mix it. I don't imagine that um, they're going to allow me to have Pond on, on the podcast now that I've referred to them as a gelatinous blob. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, blame it on me. That was all me, that one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, uh, like, within this collective or within this kind of almost family unit, are there pros and cons to, obviously it's an it's a incredible thing to be a part of and it's great to have those friends there. Is there ever any, I don't want to say cons, I don't want to make it sound like that you're bad-mouthing them either, but have you found that there are times where you're thinking maybe I'd like to venture outside of the collective or do something with someone different that's not in our gang? Oh, well, uh, the option is there for sure. And, and in fact, um, everyone in the band has their own solo projects and different projects with different people and there's no um, animosity or sort of, you know, no one gets like pissed off or anything. It's uh, just like encouraged and like, you know, I'll go check out gum shows and, and, and Nick Albrook shows and just love every bit of it. And it's wonderful because the stuff that everyone does separately is so different to the stuff that we do together. I feel that all avenues are kind of covered in that way, you know? Yeah, it's, definitely. It feels very healthy is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that's good. It would, I think that's that's what you want from, from like a working um, kind of background, if that makes sense. Absolutely, totally. Listening to the record, one of the um, one of the tracks that stood out to me, or like one of my favourite tracks, was "If I Had Nothing," which I feel was this kind of uh, it's almost like a, a waltz, if you will. There's a bit of a waltz aspect to it, mm. um, a bit of Australiana with the harmonica, and then halfway through, just kind of like comes in with the guitar and the fuzz and, and feedback. What was mm-hmm. the idea behind this song? Um, gosh, I've, I had that song for quite a while, maybe in between the last album and now. Somewhere in there it came up with it. Um, I don't know. It's just I like those sort of chord progressions that kind of just go around like in a sort of washing machine motion, you know. Um, 
the rest of my my new my live band here in Perth, the Sky Dolphins, they just like you're 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 weird, Joe. There's so many chords, you know, <laughs> semitone up, semitone down, all this craziness. But um, I don't know. I guess it was just yeah, like you said, like a nice kind of waltzy slow number and then you know I, I never really play harmonica it, it was just a fluke that I happened to pick one up out of the box and it was in the right key you know mm-hmm. and then um anytime you can't think of a good solo just turn on all your pedals and just let it go you know and that was like <laughs> the the outro bit um yeah I don't know where that one came from really just sort of singing about life and love and just seemed like a nice little song in my brain Sorry, I don't know very eloquent, but <laughs> no, no, no. I can. It it definitely made sense. It kind of um... hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you find that that happens often, that songs do not just appear, but they like that it's serendipitous that one thing kind of works, this is in this key and it happened and then you have the song kind of like that they just falls together well Mm. sometimes i mean like i often uh strike well like the hardest part for me is lyrics um so i can really just come up with like a song and like have the melody in my mind um and then i'll just have to pine over the lyrics for a little bit you know till i'm sort of happy that they're not um yeah um to, I kind of feel like, you know, I don't want to be like writing lyrics where it's like, I feel like this and I feel like that. I kind of <laughs> like maybe take those sentiments and try like use some more colourful creative words to express the same thing, you know. But um, with that song, um, if I had nothing, actually, it was strange. The lyrics all came at the same time as the uh, melody, which is fairly rare actually. <laughs> Yeah, right. It is, um, mm. as I said, it is a great track, a standout track. Thanks, man. Uh, you, that's okay. <laughs> you just mentioned um, that you just mentioned your live band. The album is getting a launch next week. By the time the episode comes out, it will be next week in early August uh, over in Perth. Are you looking forward to being able to like flesh these songs out and, and perform them live? Absolutely. In fact, it's strange. We actually played last night um it's weird that we played like because there's this uh, festival on in Fremantle where I'm living at the moment called Hidden Treasures and um it's just sort of like at the west end down near the docks they have like a few bars on this one street not really bars like they're kind of like our equivalent of like 
RSLs or something like kind of really old <laughs> decor, lovely pubs. And um, we got to play last night and it was wonderful. Um, but yeah, this gig on August the 6th is up in Perth in the big smoke uh, at this place <laughs> called The Bird, which is kind of like they've expanded now, but it used to be like this shoebox kind of like thing, but it's going to be great. I've got my, um, I don't want to give too much away, but I have these fingerless gloves that have laser pointers attached to them. And, uh, I usually awesome. take them to gigs and just like pull out a full flaming lips, like, you know, Wayne coin. <laughs> I mean, it's a poor man's Wayne coin pretty much, but it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, me and the band have been working pretty hard trying to like, nail stuff down so it'll be great i reckon that's very cool it sounds very exciting anything to do any anything is made better with laser hands Uh, absolutely absolutely (laughs) (laughs) we've um we've recently spoken to a few guests on the podcast including um sly withers dulcie uh we had joel quartermain from eskimo joe and with all them we were speaking about perth and why it seems that Perth continually puts out like quality acts like yourselves again, Tame Pond, um, Stella Donnelly, uh, Rolling Blackouts. Mm. Um, why do you think that Perth continues to just have this great output of really quality bands and artists? Well, it's it feels like a very inclusive and supportive um, music community, and. Um, it kind of, I mean, I don't want to like take uh, any steam out of just like how wonderful, wonderfully natured everyone is around here. But back when I was like starting with like our first band before Tame or Pond, uh, the band Mick Muscle Creek, I remember feeling like the East Coast was so far away from us that it almost felt like it didn't even, we weren't ever going to get played on triple J or anything. So it didn't really matter. Like the only thing that mattered was, um, sort of impressing our mates here and, uh, you're impressing yourself as well. And, you know, every time we play a gig we try to push it just to push it for ourselves, you know, and while we have, uh, definitely connected a bit more with the East coast in the last couple of, in the last decade, um, it feels like that sort of sentiment still there. Everyone kind of there's everyone kind of supports each other and is genuinely excited about what people and other bands are doing around here. Kind of feels like a big community, and I feel that might help, you know, make people more comfortable to be creative or try new things. And yeah, I guess it's just a supportive um, community and not too much ego involved either. So. It's just a breeding ground for fun and all that good stuff. <laughs> no, that's very cool. It is. Um, we're still waiting for there to be a clanger or like a, a band that doesn't meet the as high quality as everyone else, but you guys still keep doing very well. So, <laughs> Shine, uh, Joe or Shiny Joe, would you be happy to talk about the playlist that you sent through? Absolutely, actually, yeah, totally. I'm excited. Trying to go for um, a sort of broad um, spectrum of songs that I've been listening to, not only from back when I was a, a young whippersnapper, but uh, of late as well. So I'm pretty keen. It 
is a a great playlist. One thing I wanted to address from the get-go is uh, the most obvious thing about it is that there's, I think there's six Pink Floyd songs in there. Oh, sorry. So that was the album. I, uh, I, I just, I tried to, I got told 15 songs and then an album and, uh, I just sent you the album. Sorry. So maybe that's just, that's meant to be one whole concise album. Sorry. No, no, no. That's all, all good. That's no, no issue. Let's talk about the album. What, what is it about that Pink Floyd album that you love? Well, it's called Metal. Um, and it was the one right before Dark Side of the Moon. And I just remember as a kid, like when we were all living together in our share house, whatever, there's a song. Um, doop, what's the song called? Sorry. I suck. Um, <laughs> it's called uh, Echoes. That's right. Um, and, it, and, you know, it's all kind of like nice chords and getting pretty abstract. And then all of a sudden it just builds. It goes like, it sucks into this like chug, you know? And, um, that was just mind blowing. And the chug influenced, um, a lot of our first band, Meek Muscle Creek. We used to just go on these like space exploration, um, like just chugs. I mean, it's called the chug for a reason, you know, <laughs> but, um, it was something that really, uh, had an impact on me and how I play and write music, you know? That's very cool. But the rest of the album's great too. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a very good album. I will, I will definitely pay that. It um the some of the other tracks that you put on the playlist included um bands like Ween, Massive Attack, as we discussed before. Uh where is it there? Beck. Um mm-hmm. the nineties at the moment is making a bit of a comeback musically. What do some of these tracks mean to you in terms of like like the, I guess the memories associated with them or, or why you love them well interestingly enough um like that album uh, so I put on uh, the information the song by Beck from the album the information um and it was one of those albums that I kind of missed when it came out um but it's one that I've kind of gone back to later on um I've been doing a bit of work uh, down south uh, and, you know, when you're driving three and a half hours to get down there, you listen to a lot of music and you know, just happened to put it on again and I was just like, ooh, this is one I've sort of forgotten about. And it's kind of interesting when an artist like that who's been around for so long, how you've just like missed an album, it almost feels like you're like found like a little nugget of gold in the sand, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that album's terrific. And the information is just like, again, that's kind of like a bit of a chug, isn't it? Um, in terms of the, the feel of the song. So, uh, what was the other one I gave you? Massive attack. Yeah. Um, I bought that record for my brother. Oh no, sorry. Not for my brother. Um, friend of mine's son had just turned like eight and, I, and he loved massive attack. So I got him that record and in doing so listened to it again. And I was just like, Oh man, Another one I kind of just like maybe glazed over as a young adult and then came back to with a bit more maturity or whatever. I mean, back when I was first, uh, when these bands were coming out, I guess I was into more like Jimi Hendrix and, you know, maybe more guitar-fueled stuff rather than like electronic. So, again, it's nice to come back and like rediscover these bands that have just always been there, you know, and these albums that just missed like by accident. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I, I think the information is one of the 
yeah, one of the more overlooked Beck records. I think that um, at the time, I don't know if you're the same, at the time the CD came out and it was like a you can make your own album cover, like it had stickers and oh, things wow. like that. No, I, yeah. I've never actually seen the album physically. That's cool though. I think that's maybe why though is that it gets not overlooked, but people go, oh, that was like the sticker album and you forget that the album actually has some really good tracks on there. Yeah, totally. Wow. I'm going to try and track down that album now. That's it. Let me know how you go. I might have a copy for you if you want. Really? <laughs> oh, terrific. I think I've got one somewhere. I'll find it and um, and I'll, I'll let the uh, the powers that be that, that connect us, I'll let them know. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> well, hopefully we're over in your neck of the woods soon. So we'll see what happens in the the next couple of months about um, touring and whatnot. So definitely is uh, a shiny Joe tour something we can expect on a national scale. I mean, we have six people in the band, including myself. So no, <laughs> unless uh, <laughs> we like hire a bus or something and drive across, but I don't know. The guys are all, they've got like the, they all love going out to the bush and stuff. So they might have the cars that can make it across. We'll see how we go. <laughs> Could make it turn into a holiday or something. That's yeah, exactly make it make it like a, a trip for everyone a bit of yeah. a road trip. Stop in uh, some rural towns and stuff would be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other track I wanted to um to talk about was Betty Davis mm. with uh, Shoopy Doop and Cop Him. Mm-hmm. What is it about this song? It is a very funky track, and I hate to say that being like a white man using the word funky because it just sounds f- fucking terrible, but. <laughs> It is a good track. <laughs> um, what is it about this song that you love? Just, um, I think it was the first song I ever heard of Betty Davis. And my God, that woman, I will say, as a young white man, is funky. It's so funky. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, it feels so alive, you know. Oh, man, it's giving me goosebumps thinking about it. Um, I mean, it's just raw raw sex and funk and oh man you just want to like get grooving and boogie around Uh, it's one of the records i always take with me when i'm going out to dj and it's always a a big hit you know people stop put down their drinks for a minute and be like you know and then give you a (laughs) nod and a thumbs up it's like yeah get into it um she was the subject of a um one of our pond songs years ago, Betty Davis will come down from the heavens to save us. Thing is, she's not dead, uh, but, um, you know, <laughs> funky heaven. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I don't even know what to, I'm now just putting that together. Um, <laughs> you can see my brain break in real time. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> We've, Songs like that, do you ever find, as you said, like Pond is a bit of like a freewheeling, no judgment kind of place. Could we expect, because it is, again, I'm sorry to say funky, but it is quite funky and there is a bit of um, the new Pond record, I'm just trying to think, I think it's America's Cup, the single that's out at the moment. For sure, That yeah. is a bit of like a, there's a strut to it, a bit of funky, like. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Is there times where bands like or artists like Betty Davis and like other R&B soul kind of artists will influence the band and, and I guess keep that sound evolving? Well, the thing about Betty Davis is once you've heard her, you can't 
go back, you know. It's uh, it's something that's uh, just there in your mind. It's like you've been altered. Your DNA has been altered somehow. Um, <laughs> and while maybe we don't go back and, re- you know, to write songs or reference her uh, music, um, you know, directly, I feel like it's in your mind, you know, and it's certainly not a shame to shy away from the funk or anything like that, but... Um, you know, when we go out going, we need to write a song that's funky or a song that sounds like this or that. But I don't know. It's in the in the back of your mind. You're like, hell yeah! If Betty can do it, we can do it. <laughs> I like that attitude. I like the uh, the confidence in that. It's it's awesome. <laughs> hell yeah! Um, hell yeah! <laughs> Uh, Shiny Joe, thank you very much for your time today and congratulations again on Shiny's Democracy. It is out today, which is very exciting, and we'll make sure we put uh, links in the show notes for everyone to access it and buy the record. Thank you very much, Simon. I appreciate you having me on. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Shiny Joe Ryan for his time. Shiny's Democracy is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you want to buy the record or a ticket to his show. We also want to give a huge shout out to Katie at Positive Feedback for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of Shiny Joe Ryan's picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.